0: Welcome to the New Books Network. Today, we are joined by Dr. Rose Ann Smith, who will be speaking on her very first children's book, The Day I Became a Hurricane, published earlier this year by Hooked on Books Jamrock. Dr. Smith holds a PhD in human geography. She is a lecturer and consultant in disaster risk management and climate change adaptation, based primarily at the Department of Geography and Geology, at the University of the West Indies, Mona, in Jamaica. Above all else, she is passionate about community-based disaster risk management. Welcome to the podcast, Rose. So glad to have you.
1: Thank you so much, Ali. it's my pleasure to be here.
0: Fantastic. So first off, could you please tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, your personal history, your academic journey, and how you came to be, uh, who you are today?
1: Okay, um, where to start? Because I think you give a, a mouthful there, but um, I am Vincentian. I think that is something um that I like to put out there. I'm a Vincentian living in Jamaica. I spent most of my life in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and I have passed through the wonderful convent school before I get to um doing my, coming, my A-levels at community college and then to the University of the West Indies where I spent most of my years, uh, my adult years, if I could put it like that, um, from my bachelor's of degree in geography right up to the PhD in geography um, in Jamaica got married in Jamaica and I have two beautiful children. I don't know if there's anything else I should be saying in relation to that. I like writing. I've always liked writing um, from as a teenager. And I had this wonderful dream of, oh, by 25, I'm going to get that book, which is over a decade ago. So that never really come through on that time, but it's never too late. So I picked up that um writing um, re- quite recently in terms of writing this type of literature um, because as a lecturer we have to be publishing articles and so on in our field. So I have been writing like that but at this type of level this is quite recent uh, but I'm quite excited to have that first children's book out.
0: Great and I think uh, the quality of the writing uh, quality of your skills as a writer definitely shows in the book so definitely um, keep on doing that um, so I think at this time it would be good to delve into the actual content of the book for those who might not be familiar could you please tell me what the book is about and what does it set out to achieve
1: okay so the book as the name said it's the day I became a hurricane we are in the hurricane season right now the Atlantic hurricane season. And what the book does is it teaches students about hurricanes, about hurricanes formation, the hurricane development, um, different names in relation to, uh, we, we call them hurricane in the Caribbean, but other parts of the world they refer to them as um, cyclones or typhoons, but we are all aware that they are part of the tropical cyclones Um, family. So it also introduces students to that, including hurricane impacts and also um, hurricane preparedness. And I chose to write a book like that because, as you would have stated earlier, I'm into the field of disaster risk management. And one of the things that we would always state in many discussions, especially in this season when we are speaking about how purses are behaving when they hear hurricane warning. A perfect example is um, Tropical Storm Ian. Recently, a lot of purses still they're not prepared, And so we keep saying that in the Caribbean, we have this reactive sort of nature. And we are thinking about ways to change that nature. And for me, it starts with the children because um, you're bending the tree when it's young. And so I decided, let me start right there to think about creative ways of, of, of presenting the information so that children can be introduced to hurricanes not just in terms of the science of the hazard but also in terms of impacts and um, preparedness.
0: right um, I definitely see well, or so, sorry at the beginning of the book you dedicated it specifically to your children, your nieces, your nephews, So um, that sentiment, um, in terms of the motivation behind it, it definitely shows. Um, Another thing that caught my attention throughout the book is the personification of the different climactic and meteorological events that um, you sort of delve into. Depression, storm, hurricane. And that's just like one example of the many ways the book is able to creatively embody and disseminate disaster risk management, right? Particularly when it comes to hurricanes. So, um, how uh, how did you manage to you know achieve this? And this is something you intentionally set forth, as you say.
1: Well, intentionally in terms of yes, I wanted to personify because as we are dealing with children, and so you you have to be thinking about how can you get that information out um, in a way that they can relate, that they can understand. And so, personifying it um, was what I set out to do. What I did not set out to do was the underlying message there that a lot of persons have picked up in terms of the bullying and all that that came out in the book Um, that just came naturally in in writing it and flowing, um, flowing with the story. But I did set out to personify it because I wanted children to, to become a part of it, um, to understand how the the, um, depression changed to a storm and changed to a hurricane in terms of their strength. And so we have depression. And and, and I I play on that word of depression because not only is it a depression, but it's also sad. So they can relate to that. And then we move on to a stronger storm. Um, who is the brother, so there's a, like a family there, and then you move on to the hurricane, who is the parent. So yes, I did set out to, to, to do that because I think children can relate better to it than if I just sp- um, speak, um, just, you know, a hurricane is this, a storm is that, and you know, it gives the story um, that sort of extra um, push and, and and extra impact that I, I wanted it to have.
0: It's really surprising to me that uh, the whole analogy of depression and, you know, that sort of psychological um, impacts as well is something you kind of came across, not intentionally, but organically, as you say, because it seems so well woven into, into the story um,
1: Well, I think, you know, in terms of writing, there are persons who set out to write like a novel and then you get what you call writer's block and you just don't know where to go with it. This story just came to me. As I said, I've always wanted to write things in relation to books um, for children and so on in my field. And if I tell persons that that story, I wrote it in an hour. They might be surprised at it, but it is what happens. So sometimes you are just inspired in the moment. Maybe you have been in that sort of environment where you're paying attention or reading things in relation to hurricanes or whatever. But the story came to me. And in writing the story, all those pieces, including that underlying message about self-identity and self-acceptance, just came um, and I was able to to really... um, Bring it into the story and give the story even life to it so that it makes the book dynamic in a sense and um, quite applicable. So I have teachers who would have used the book already within their classroom. And what is amazing is even though I set out to target like geography or social studies teachers, I have persons in family life education, guidance, counselors who have said that the book is useful for them because of that underlying message where they can speak about self-acceptance and self-identity so the book in itself in itself um really has you know it's 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 really wonderful it's relevant it's useful and and in terms of it's It's timeless. It's timeless because hurricane is something that we are faced with in the Caribbean every single year. So it is a timeless book because the story will never change in terms of what a hurricane is able to do in terms of how it's developed, how it's formed and all these different things. So it's really useful if parents really take that book to really start introducing their children to that sort of message and they get the bonus by actually learning about self-acceptance and self-identity.
0: Um, yeah, uh, the fact that, um, it, uh, manages to, you know, bridge, uh, so many, f- uh, as you said, um, interdisciplinary fields, uh, psychology, social science, hurricanes. It is um timeless in that sense and it is so uh, you know broad reaching. Um I I can't believe you managed to do it in an hour as you say. <laughs> like that's amazing. Yeah. Like I <laughs> can't believe it
1: either <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe it either, but I am quite pleased with it because I have done just a f- few um, tours, not a lot. One one school in particular visited several classrooms, and for every time I go to a classroom, and even from persons who have bought the book, all they, they keep asking me is when is when is the other one you know is this a series are, are we going to to hear about earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and and it's something that I'm really setting out to do because at the end of the day even though we are we are speaking about mainstreaming disaster risk management into schools curricula and all of these things one of the limitation is actually uh our, our, Probably a challenge or obstacle is a limited writing in that era and writing itself that can engage and excite children um, at that sort of level. So that is the intention to really make it special so that they do not see it even though these things are dangerous, they can start understanding it from as early age as, you know, it can be a bedtime story. So very, very early age, right up to about um, 11, 12 years of age, it's useful for.
0: That kind of um, leads to one of my other questions, right? Because it's so clear that the book is really strongly influenced by um, the research on hurricanes and disasters, right? Uh, so uh, what I'm really interested in, in knowing is how did you manage to strike this balance of at the one end being informative and at the other the, at the other end, sorry, still being fun for kids.
1: Striking that balance and speaking about how I strike that balance will make me sound as if I'm some English literature professor, <laughs> um, which I'm not. You know, um, I, it's just an inspiration that comes. Um, it's it's sad to say sometimes you you get these one hit like you have like these songs where you have a musician just they they did a good um very good song and after that they can't seem to um to have a second song. I'm hoping that doesn't happen to me, but at the same time, it was one of those moments where I felt Greatly inspired, I really do think that my kids have something to do with it also because oftentimes when you have children, you start. It's like you're in a different mode in terms of how you think and what you do. And my my daughter, for example, she loved these sort of creative um, type of things. So she was one of the first person I read it to, and she was quite excited. And she said to me, "Mommy, your book." Are going to be in the bookshelves <laughs> on the bookshelves. So she she was absolutely right. I was able to manage. I managed to get it into two bookstores. Well, three bookstores. If you check, um, two in Jamaica and one in Saint Vincent and the Grenadines. Um, and I'm quite certain I can get it into a few more if I if I want to. Um, but yeah. It's, it's really an inspiration that, co- that came at the moment, right? So it's, it's not something that I can say, boy, I have these sort of skill set and I'm just so good at creative writing. I've, 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 I have a degree in it, um, but I know what, what works for children. And I attempted to, and the story just come. Um, it It came to me. It came to me just like that.
0: Maybe you're so good you don't need a degree. Maybe we should send you there at the universities in England to teach them something or two. Oh,
1: you're flattering but me.
0: I to speak in the truth. But um, I um love what you um mentioned just now. The fact that your daughter was so involved in you know pushing you and inspiring you to to do this book, you know, and something we sort of gloss over as academics a lot. Is the sort of role our families play, um, whether it's inspiring, supporting, and guiding me work, you know. So that's um, that's really amazing. Your daughter was, and your family uh, was able to play that role for you, you know.
1: Yes, yes, we were actually sitting down having a short little family time, and I just begin writing. In fact, I wrote a story before that because I was actually thinking about showcasing our Caribbean. Um, And, you know, writing about Caribbean things, because one of the things that sometimes I get a little disappointed in is sometimes they use books in our schools and some of the books that they use are so heavily Americanized that there are times when we are looking at objects in the book and it's really hard to relate to our kids because it's not something that is within their environment that they can relate to. So there I was thinking, oh, I need more books that are Caribbean-like and reflecting on when I was a child and used to read all these lovely Anansi stories and how it really interests me in actually reading and finishing stories. And I love illustrated books also. And so that all of those different things is, um, are really what kind of influenced me to move in this direction. It's just really having a passion and wanting to write to, to write more in terms of showcasing our Caribbean-ness, if I can say that, um, our culture, our people. And being in the disaster risk feel, as I said before, I, I need to do more in that area. So I, I, I made a start And hopefully, I can continue um, along this line.
0: It's definitely fantastic to see that representation happening, uh, especially coming from one of our own in the Caribbean too. You know, one thing I definitely thought of as a child, and I wanted more of, uh, is the is the more Caribbean books exploring you know our topics our experiences and just um what we could relate to so just having one more book out there by you and sort of um you know embodying that and representing our caribbeanness as you say you know the more that the better so Yes, definitely,
1: definitely. Um, and, you know, we have an issue because we, we know that our children, um, in some cases, in some schools, they are not reading enough. And, you know, we want them to, to be able to Relate to what they're reading. We want learning to be fun, right? So I don't want it to be depressing. I don't want because a hurricane can cause so much impact when a student pick up a book is already they depressed from the first page. I want them to be able to enjoy reading it while at the same time get the message, get the on, gain the understanding. So when I get the feedback and I'm hearing people say, "Oh, every night." I have to read this story to my my child it's it, be, it has become their favorite book. I said, Good, I have accomplished what I want to accomplish because at the end of the day they are enjoying reading the book, but at the same time they are learning about hurricanes
0: uh, something you alluded to before, and something I definitely noticed as well is how you manage to you know accomplish so many things in such a a short story, right? It meshes together so much um, different um, fields of information. It not only imbues practical knowledge of hurricane preparedness and its impacts, but also the story of, you know, self-identity, not getting carried away with power, learning to love ourselves, you know? Uh, I know you said, like, you only managed to do the book in... In an hour or so, um, but still, um, maybe when you were editing, maybe when you were polishing the story, was it challenging mixing these different ideas, these themes and metaphors to form one cohesive whole?
1: I get lucky, Alim. <laughs> I will put it like that because when the story was finished, um, it was finished. Um, there was nothing in terms of editing. It was really basic, um, more like grammar, and I would have sent it through editors to really just polish up, um, you know, that sort of things. Because even though you write, you know, sometimes you miss things that. Um, you, you you really thought you 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 finished the editing and things are still there to be edited so it was really more like um, grammar or those sort of errors um, in but not the story itself but I can tell you that once I start writing, even though I did not settle to bring in that psychological part, once I start writing it, I saw it coming. So I just continued in that vein, right? And I never, I I picked up the, 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 laptop and I, I just write I keep typing until the end and I read it to my daughter I read it to my husband and he was like yeah you know both of them was like this is a good story and then I sent it to my brother and the first thing he said do you realize that there's a story underneath there you know like about self-acceptance and so on and I said yeah yeah like I did a settle out story. <laughs> There it is, you know, um, and it, it seems like everybody gravitates towards that aspect of it, which is useful because we are in a space where in schools and so on, where bullying is real. And we are also in a social media age where, where we have these sort of false impressions and uh, false and pe- people having these false impressions of who people really are by virtue of what they share. Right. And people feeling lead or pressure to share things that are not really real or, or um true of who they are you know so we have persons actually battling with self-acceptance and so on but because the world seemed to appear to like these things they have been pushing forward this sort of image this sort of false image and so having a book for children now to start to learn to accept who they are right and to realize that while power and 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 as big fan base and having all these followers might look appealing. It might not be necessarily something for them because, you know, they it's not everybody can handle power. Not everybody can deal with that. Right. So the book really speak about accepting who you are and knowing that your nature might just be just right for you. It's not about changing who you are as a person, but really just learning to accept it, to love you and so on. So in the end, um, depression, realized that, you know, initially he was upset because, you know, a wind supposed to be strong and mighty. And here he was like this little breeze and people were just saying, what a wonderful wind. And for him, that was a sign of weakness. While people were enjoying it, he wasn't seeing it as that because his brother Storm who was stronger was mocking him. Other friends were mocking him and he was he was thinking that the people themselves are mocking him until he saw the damage he could cause as a hurricane, right? And and is crying, he, he, he realized he doesn't want to be like that anymore. He wants to go back to being a nice, gentle wind, having people lifting their hand and enjoying that light breeze, right? So the book does carry that strong underlying um, message in terms of really not giving in to peer pressure, not giving in to bullying and learning to accept and, being ha- and be happy with who you are and having parents there to guide you. You know, sometimes as parents, we need to, to really sit back and let our children make decisions, but at the same time, we also need to be there for them to really guide them into these decision-making. So there's a lot of information there and for for scholars and, and guidance counselors and those sorts of people, I'm quite certain they can pull out even more element than myself in terms of that message. For the geographers, however, and the persons in the hazard field, there's also that strong message and some comprehension questions at the very end that can help to guide the discussion on
0: the book. I definitely agree with uh, everything you said there in terms of the, you know, impacts of social media, the implications this might have in the future, what it means for kids of this generation and future ones. Um, we see so many benefits, but a lot of times you don't speak about the the damage it could also cause. Uh, the fact that your book even like in a sort of indirect way touches on that is, is really um, uh, resonant, really powerful. And um, yeah, it's it, just so many layers when it comes to your book; it could just keep peeling away. <laughs> it's um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: amazing stuff. So, um, so, despite um the many layers uh, that are there, what more do you think um, needs to be done to educate those in the region, maybe beyond, to better prepare and respond to potential hazards and disasters?
1: Okay, so the book does speak about um, the impacts of hurricane. It touch it it touched on on preparedness because persons did prepare. Um, some of them started to prepare from the book, but the hurricane still um, had a major impact. And part of the things that you know I want to bring out probably in another book. Um, I could not have done this in this book especially given what I was targeting, uh, who I was targeting, um, is to look at the whole concept of vulnerability, right? And... for persons to understand because we have, even with hurricane, with tropical storm, Ian, we have persons speaking about, oh, they saw people buying out the supermarket and luckily they didn't do anything because look like it's at the Met Office line and so on. And apart from seeing that gap in terms of understanding the science of the hazard, people need to understand vulnerability. And that is something that I could easily bring out in that story in terms of, yes, persons, prepared, and yet the hurricane still had a major impact because it speaks to things about the characteristics of the hurricane in terms of which category it is, whether it's a category one to a category five five, and also other forms of vulnerability, physical vulnerability, social vulnerability, economic vulnerability, right? And so house roofs were removed in the book and we could speak about physical vulnerability by looking at whether the homes themselves were secured properly or if there was any other issue in terms of type of material it was built with. Um, So there's a lot of layers in terms of understanding risk um, that has to do with, your vulnerability, your exposure, and also the nature of the hazard itself, and so that in itself is another book that I have been thinking as a following up, a follow up to this book, um, and continue using those sort of names, depression, um, you know, using storm and so on. So I have been thinking about another story around that line to really dive into the concept of vulnerability because it's critical in understanding. Impacts of not just only hurricane, but other hazards and how we need to respond to these things, especially in a, within a, a frame of limited limited resources, right? So there's, this is a big topic, a, a huge topic. Um, and we really need to start thinking about really how we can do these things in a creative way so that we can change, change in a sense, our car- current culture. Of, 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 reactive, you know, being quite reactive rather than proactive.
0: Um, yeah, there's definitely plenty of ideas on what you could draw from, as you alluded to. Uh, I don't think you're, you're, you're short on any at all. Um, do, so do you think, um, the book, as much as it, uh, imparts this knowledge to, uh, children, could it, um, Could it also reach adults too?
1: Of course, it can. Um, It can. Um, The thing is, you know, when I set it out, you see a lot of illustration, these nice, cute, lovely illustrations, big up to the illustrator. Um, But, you know, oftentimes we think about adults and we think pictureless book and we figure, boy, these are adults, they should, you know, they should have, they should, they don't need to see pictures. But I am one of those adults that love pictures. (laughs) I get very depressed reading a book, even an academic book without some, even if it's just having these graphs and so on, because we are different type of learners. Some are visual learners. And and, and, and so we have to cater to these different types of people. We also have adults who are who do not have the level of education Um. Even as some children, we have adults who may not who are learning to read and so on. So we 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 it can reach a wide, a wider audience. The other thing we have to understand is that even as adults, they might be educated, but they might know little about hazards and little about hurricanes. So, in that way, a book like that simplifies everything for them. So even though it doesn't target them per se. It's all about the characteristics or the the, the, the demography that we are dealing with, right? And um, projects, if persons have projects or workshops that they are targeting a certain demography, the book might just very well be useful because, as I said, it is the simplest way of understanding Hurricane. Um, Possibly there are persons who can simplify it even more, but for me, it is very, very basic, very, very basic and very easy to read um, and also very interesting right? Um, so that persons know who are reading, they are not just get, they, are, they will not get bored. And that was something, if you pick up a book and you get bored after the first, second page and we are in trouble. But persons, even reading to adults <laughs> I was reading the book recently on a, on a program like this and I just re- read a part and there was somebody there saying, oh I want to hear what's next and that person was an adult. You know? <laughs> so, that was funny to me. But um, You know, that was funny to me because even reading, I saw teachers have gone into school where teachers wanted to know what happened next. You know, so that in itself, where you could carry a book where you have people wanted to know what next, what is next, I think you would have done a excellent job there in terms of reaching a great, a great audience. So yeah, it can reach adults, you know. And it will be um...
0: useful. Sorry, that's uh, great to hear that the, the message, uh, the book is able to, you know, cross that generational gap, you know, intended for children, but uh, adults could relate to it so much too. And I definitely agree with you, you know, picture books definitely are able to hook my interests rather than an academic book 300 pages long with just text. So I could see how it would be interesting to people, um, the book that you wrote. So, Rose, I think we are nearing the end of the interview. I um, want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your fantastic answers uh, to the questions that I had. Uh, Before we end, uh, could I ask if there are any ongoing or future projects um, you'd like to plug or shout out? Or um, you could also let everyone know or the places where they can find a copy of your very fantastic book, The Day I Became a Hurricane?
1: Yes. So, okay. I'll start by where they can find the book. So the book is on Amazon. It is also in Kindle format and also paperback. So you can get the book there on Amazon. But if you're living in Jamaica, it's currently at the UWI Bookshop on campus, Mona Campus, and it is also at Cozy Corner, and that is at 10 Central Avenue Vision Plaza. Right. So it's a cozy corner. In St. Vincent and the Grenadines, the book is at KMK Innovations. That is at the Joshua Center, which used to be the E.T. Joshua Airport. So you can find the book in those places or persons can contact me directly, whether on Instagram at rk.smith.smith.7 or on Facebook, Roseanne Jasmine. Um, Smith, so you can reach out to me at any of those places um, in and get a copy of the book. I know for for Cosef Corner, for example, they ship um, the book throughout Jamaica. So if you contact them, um, you can speak to them. They can speak to me, and I can get books to you in that way. In terms of projects I've been working on, I have not started writing another children's book as yet. I do have ideas, but I've been concentrating on promoting this book in this hurricane season. But uh, I've also been doing other research looking at um, the psychosocial impact of the volcanic eruption in St. Vincent and the Grenadines and looking at themes relating to environmental justice um, surrounding that same eruption. So that has been the work. And these type of research are good because at the end of the day, it is research like this that pushes me now to write not only academic papers, but to target children and other persons, um, other um Children and other persons in relation to getting that information out in a way that they can understand. It's not easy, but I am quite passionate about the area of the um, disaster risk management. So hopefully, you know, I can do a little bit more um, as as part of my legacy, <laughs> um, you know, um, in that area.
0: Well. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how that legacy plays out. I'm looking forward to your future books, to your future research. It sounds very, very exciting, and if it's anything like The Day I Became a Hurricane, I'm sure it's going to be good stuff. So, thanks again, Rose. I want to say uh it was a fantastic, fantastic interview. And Thank for the so. next book, for the next book, I hope to see you again when it comes <laughs> out.
1: Yeah, keep motivating me, man. Push me. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.